Welcome to the Face Yoga Expert podcast. Coming up. It's great that it's kind of got a bit of a label and a name now. And I mean, I have a bit of a mixed relationship with labels, but I think in this case, it really gives a lot of power and understanding, especially, you know, when it comes, it's that feeling of that I'm not good enough. What if I'm found out? What if, yeah, I'm just not good enough at doing this or the self-doubt that keep, that creeps up regardless of how much study and theory and academics and experience you have behind you. That's that feeling that I'm going to be found out. And I definitely experienced a lot of that and I still have it you know depending just on what what it is now that that stretches me. I'm your host Danielle Collins and I'm the world leading face yoga expert best-selling author of the book Danielle Collins face yoga and creator of the international teacher training program the Danielle Collins face yoga method. 17 years ago, I healed myself from chronic illness and I've spent the last 15 years teaching, sharing and serving millions of people in person, on TV and online to help them look and feel the best version of themselves. This podcast is about giving you simple, effective, natural tips and advice and sharing knowledge and insight from industry experts. If you have a friend who you think would enjoy this podcast, please share it on social media as it means so much if you took a moment to rate and review this podcast as it allows more people to feel healthier and happier naturally. And lastly, don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an episode. This is the Face Yoga Expert Podcast. Hello friends and a warm welcome back to the Face Yoga Expert podcast. So this week we are talking imposter syndrome. So if you've ever had that feeling of not feeling good enough, not feeling like you fit in, feeling like you may get found out in some way, having negative self-talk about your mind, about your face, about your body, about your career, about your work then you may have been suffering from imposter syndrome. And let me tell you now, you certainly aren't alone. Most of us suffer at some point in our lives, if not quite regularly, from imposter syndrome. So I really wanted to get an expert in mindset, in thought, in psychology and in imposter syndrome onto the podcast to chat to us all about it. So I have got the wonderful Natalie Costa, and Natalie is an award-winning coach, speaker, author, and founder of Power Thoughts, which is a wonderful coaching service. And she works a lot with children. So she so believes that actually if we work with the younger generation and we work with children, and this is how we're going to build up a generation of human beings that have the tools to navigate their way through life. But everything she does for children is so applicable for us as adults as well. And that's that's why I wanted to get her on. And Natalie has been featured in a lot of TV and national press, and she is just such a lovely soul. She is so kind and so helpful. I just know you're going to really enjoy this episode. And before we get into this week's episode, I just wanted to remind you, if you haven't yet heard about my brand new book, The Face Yoga Journal. Now it's released on 28th of September, 2021, but you can 
pre-order it now. So the pre-order link is in the show notes for you. And if you like face yoga, which I'm sure you do if you're listening to this podcast, then it is perfect for you. You get 52 brand new face yoga exercises. All of those techniques have beautiful illustrations with them. But not only that, you are guided through an entire year with me by your side. You get a place to record what face yoga you've done each day. You get your brand new technique every week. You get space to write your affirmations, what went well that week, what didn't go so well that week, places to write your daily gratitudes. I also link each week with a theme and that theme is also linked with a chakra, a crystal. There is colour therapy in there. There's lots of positive wellness hacks. There's actionable steps for you to take to feel better in mind and body and face. I just love it and it's such a beautiful tool to have by the side of you. You can keep it in your handbag, by the side of your bed, on your coffee table, by your sofa, on your desk, wherever you like. And it is just so lovely. You can just leaf through it every day. And it doesn't matter if you miss a week or two weeks or a month. It's designed to be started at any point in the year. And if you ever miss any, you can just pick up where you left off. So the Face Yoga Journal, I am so excited to say, is now available for pre-order. And also just wanted to remind you guys as well that you can still do our teacher training course. So if you feel called at the moment to add to your current skill set, to have a complete change of business or career, whatever it might be, then you may want to take our certified face yoga teacher training. You can start it at any point. You can take as long as you need to do your study. You can do it in as short amount of time as a week. You may want to do it over a year. I ask you to do an absolute minimum of 12 hours home study if you're going for your distance learning option. And you can choose to do your training with your exam, with one of our super trainers or with me, whichever you prefer. So all the details on that are also on the show notes, or you can just go to faceyogaexpert.com slash teacher training. So let's get into this week's episode with the lovely Natalie Costa. Natalie, hello and a warm welcome to the Face Yoga Expert podcast. How are you today? Hello. Oh, I'm so well. Thank you very much. And I'm really excited to speak with you. Just like we said before the call, it feels like we've been chatting already. So like seeing each other on Instagram. So really, really glad to be here today. Thank you. Oh, well, I'm so excited to have you here. And I was actually just saying to my husband how wonderful your Instagram posts are, because I have two daughters, as you know, and you put a lot of stuff out there, which is really helpful as a parent guiding a child through the craziness that is our world and helping them with mindset and feeling good I've even and you won't believe this well you probably will because I'm sure lots of people tell you this I've even got my phone out while it's dinner time and gone through one of your posts and asked my children those questions you know some of those lovely questions you say to ask children after they've been at school rather than just like how was school which they never really answer just other things you know like what made you happy today what didn't go so well today and things Mm -hmm. like that and it's just amazing how they answer that and I even said oh this lovely lady uh, says to ask these questions do you know I involve them in it and (laughs) it's just so lovely so yeah I want to start by saying a thank you to you it's really been helpful as a parent for me to read all the lovely stuff that you give 
Thank you so much. No, that means a lot. We do value the support as well and just the kind words. And I'm really glad it makes the impact because, um, yeah, like I say to so many parents, you know, none of these tools, we're learning so much of this alongside our children as well. It's very much a learning in process. And I think definitely that that post that you're talking about the questions to ask your child I think also that's just so useful for us adults too because you might ask your partner oh so how was your day it was fine but actually when we just begin to like maybe ask a particular question honing in on one aspect it's, it's just really interesting the conversations that can come from that and I mean a lot with children I'm sure you learn so much more from those conversations <laughs> the questions mm-hmm. that you asked you know <laughs> but that's great actually saying about how how you can use it with a partner or a friend because I guess it's the same as when we say to people how are you and everyone yeah. else is fine or good but actually if you make the questions a little bit more specific what was difficult for you today or what went really well for you today what was something that made you happy today as soon as we make it specific I guess we open the doors for conversation yeah totally totally and I mean I definitely have tried some of this with my husband and I'm not gonna I'll be honest with you it might feel a little bit weird especially if the the person they're not used to he was just like what are you on about you know (laughs) but actually once I explained to him what I was doing I mean we actually then I just learned something new about his day and it's quite funny because he literally is working in the other room and we're (laughs) together 24 7 but it was just like oh okay I didn't know that about your job or that you know about that conversation that you had and I just think it's just another opportunity to connect in a different way Definitely. I think it's amazing. And how did you get into working with mindset and psychology and mindfulness? Was it a particular interest you've had for a long time or something you came to later on in life? Uh, definitely. I definitely think it, it always that quote from Steve Jobs, you know, you can't connect the dots going forward, but they make sense when you look back on them. That definitely kind of sums me up. I've always had an interest in psychology and the mind. I'm from South Africa. So I wanted to go into psychology, but it wasn't seen as a very safe field when you leave initially in terms of getting employment and a job. So I also trained to be a primary school teacher. And the intention was actually, I finished my teaching degree, did my psychology degree alongside that. And then I thought, well, I'll come to the UK and teach for a couple of years and then I'll go back and do my master's in educational psychology. But that never happened because my dad's Portuguese. So I was, you know, was able to stay here on the um, Portuguese passport. And then it was just, I knew something needed to change. And I always had this feeling that I wanted to do something else. I mean, I enjoyed teaching, but it definitely was and I felt that there was something missing. And I then actually dabbled a bit in the fitness industry. So I taught exercise to music classes. I did boxing, spinning, body pump for a long time as well. Um, But again, it just didn't didn't quite fit. And the school I was with actually then sent me on a coaching course thinking it was something to do with physical education coaching, but it was actually a taster to life coaching. And that really was when I kind of embarked in the field of being I mean I cringe at the name life coach I still think you know that sounds so like whatever but I love the principles in terms of you know mental well-being helping people move forwards you know understanding mindset so I got qualified in that and then initially worked with women making career changes but again I always felt like I was forcing that I felt like it still doesn't feel 
aligned. And by chance, I ended up delivering the coaching principles and tools to a group of children that I was working with, year sixes, that were about to go to year seven and they were really stressed out. And that really literally started to give me goosebumps and where I felt like this is what I'm meant to be doing, bringing these mindset tools and making it applicable for children. Because why do we need to wait until we're in our 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, whatever it might be, to change how we think and how we behave? Why can't we start introducing these tools at a younger stage for children? So yeah, it made absolutely no sense (laughs) moving forward. And I think my days of teaching spinning and body pump, like what was the point of that? But I mean, looking back, that definitely gave me the confidence to speak in front of groups of people because I was petrified of doing that. And now I absolutely love it. It's... quite a a patch quilt of different things (laughs) I love that but like you say all of those experiences have brought you to where you are now and it sounds like what you're doing now is your real sort of purpose your sole purpose your what I like to call your why you know you know your why you know why you're doing it yeah it sounds like you're in a really good place now yeah definitely oh definitely I mean it hasn't been easy. And I'm sure perhaps you find this with students as well, perhaps who are setting up, you know, face yoga and things like that. Like it definitely, there's been a lot of lessons. And I think the best client I have is probably me because I'm applying all the tools I teach to myself on a daily basis, you know. But it definitely, I think, you know, for now, I know that this is what I'm meant to be doing. Amazing. And the thing is, things change throughout our lives. So it's wonderful that you're able to acknowledge that for now, it is right. Because, Mm -hmm. you know, in 10 years or 20 years, things may change, you know, you may feel differently. But what I found really interesting, or I found lots interesting about that story, but (laughs) something which really stood out for me was when you said about speaking in front of other people and speaking on stage, which I know is something a lot of people struggle with um I think that public speaking I think it's known as the the nation's number one fear and I'm sure that's (laughs) worldwide you know many many people find that that really difficult and something which is I guess something which people are talking about a lot at the moment is this idea of imposter syndrome which feeds Mm. into that really really well and I know that's something which you often talk about and you use your techniques to help people navigate their way through that would you be able to tell us a little bit about what imposter syndrome is and exactly um exactly how people can experience this yeah I mean for me and I think it's interesting And it's great that it's kind of got a bit of a label and a name now. And I mean, I have a bit of a mixed relationship with labels, but I think in this case, it really gives a lot of power and understanding, especially, you know, when it comes, it's that feeling of that I'm not good enough. What if I'm found out? Yeah, I'm just not good enough at doing this or the self-doubt that that creeps up regardless of how much study and theory and academics and experience you have behind you. That's that feeling that I'm going to be found out. And I definitely experienced a lot of that and I still have it, you know, depending just on what, what it is now that that stretches me, that feeling of, well, I'm going to be found out. Or, I mean, I used to often think I'm just a school, primary school teacher. What do I know about running a business? And 
you know, now in retrospect, I'm like, wow, being a school teacher is the best thing at running your business because you have to wear a lot of hats all the time. But it definitely is that feeling of feeling inadequate, that you can be found out, that you feel perhaps you're not good enough, you don't have the right set of skills or the knowledge, or you feel that you still have to tick all of the boxes before you feel ready. It can kind of kind of get in your way, which just makes you feel like you're not ready to take that next step when actually you are probably more than ready. And I just found personally, for me, it was quite sneaky. And I definitely, you know, do this with, with, the, with the young people and children I work with as well, is how sneaky that little voice is that can creep up and can get in your way. And before you know it, it's got you hooked and you're not even aware that you're getting caught up in it, becoming, you know, slowly helping them become more aware of how it's actually showing up in, in their daily life. Absolutely. And I think it's something that everyone experiences at some point in their life and some people more than others. And I think Mm. that definitely in career, in work, in business, it can it can be felt by by most people, to be honest. And, um, you know, I see it lots of times in Mm. peers in the industry, in people I train to teach face yoga. And, you know, some people feel, for example, if they just take lots and lots of qualifications and keep getting um, qualified and keep studying, then that will overcome it. And other people think if they constantly prove their credibility, you know, media articles they've been in and that type of thing, then that's going to prove the credibility. But what I've learned personally, and also what I often talk to my my face yoga teachers about and to peers in the industry about is that what we need to work on is not all of those external things not trying to prove something to ourselves and to other people but actually going inside and starting to do a little bit of the inner work and starting to ask ourselves why is this here and understanding that really listening to that answer and then working through that because unless we do that inner work all of that external stuff doesn't matter and even all the positive thinking and all the affirmations don't matter you know it's it's actually going deep down and finding out where has this come from and sometimes it can be just the tiniest little experience we once had you know as a teenager for example something that a friend might have said to us and then that stuck with us you know it's deep rooted into our subconscious and then that feeds into our day-to-day life and into our career would you agree with that that actually doing the inner work is one of the best ways to start that path towards reducing that imposter syndrome Oh yeah, absolutely. It's like you said, you know, it's, and there's so many different ways, like you said, they're just, you know, showing up. I know for me, it definitely showed up in the case of working really hard, working really long, trying to get all the certificates. And I don't know the exact stats on this, so I might be wrong, but I do recall reading something recently, the the differences between men and women, and men obviously also do have imposter syndrome, and it obviously seems to be more prevalent amongst females. And that women are more likely to to want to achieve all of the qualifications, perhaps, let's say, before applying for a job, whereas a man might have half of the credentials and still apply, which I found quite interesting. And I do think that's got a lot to do with the school system and education of good girls and work hard and all of those sorts of things as well. Um, But sorry, I'm digressing here. No, I think that's (laughs) Um, very interesting. Actually, a really, really important point. And I think many females listening would relate to that hugely. um, Yeah, because I mean... 
I'll come back to your previous question in a moment, but I think with the school system, girls, if you think about it traditionally, are rewarded for be a good girl, work hard, you're going to get good grades. And obviously to an extent, boys too, but there's more of that excuse of we, we're quiet, we're respectful. And I mean, I'm completely generalizing here now by all means, but, but it's almost this idea of good girls are polite, they wait their turn, they don't speak out. They And what can sometimes happen is then that we don't speak out, is that we hold back is that we don't want to seem as being abrasive whereas it's more excusable for a boy and again like I said please 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 I'm being very general here Um, but I think that's got a bit of a part to play with it and then as well definitely what you said there about understanding why we definitely have to do the inner work because I think, first of all, understanding you're never going to feel 100% ready if you are doing something new or something that's different. There's always going to be that element of, am I really ready to do this? But also definitely working on those inner thoughts and the mindset and and picking, you know, well, where does this belief come perhaps that I feel people don't want to listen to what I have to say, or I'm not important enough. And actually it does take me back to a little boy that I worked with who was applying to do his secondary school interviews. And one of the things that he said to me is he said, I don't think I've got anything important to say. And this was traced back to a comment that somebody had once made to him. And I just think we all have things you know things perhaps it could be an experience it could be a comment that a teacher said or it could be even a comment from a friend and those sort of things we can easily carry that story around with us and believe that story and that you know those I always teach something called the super loops so our thoughts influences how we feel and that influences how we show up in the world so if I'm always telling myself the story that I don't have what it takes that I'm not qualified enough that I'm not smart enough that I'm not whatever enough that's going to make me feel a certain way where I'm probably going to feel disempowered. I'm going to feel that lack of self-confidence. I'm going to perhaps, you know, want to play small and not take the chances or, you know, be like panicked by the fear or the worry, even in some cases, as I've seen with some people. And so it really does start with beginning to unpick those unhelpful stories that we're holding on to and questioning them and challenging them and reframing them. And then the other thing as well, alongside that, is also understanding that negative voice, that imposter voice that creeps up in whatever way it does for all of us. That is coming from a space of love, because it's not a part that we want to get rid of. It's a part of us, that inner critic, but it's it's actually there to protect us. It wants to keep us safe, but we don't necessarily have to believe everything it says and give it the front seat of the driving, you know, driving the car, so to say. And I think that's just really important as well, you know, is understanding it's coming from a space of love. It wants to protect us, wants to keep us safe, wants to keep us secure. But actually, we don't need to have it on full volume all the time. I love that. And I think knowing that it does come from a place of love and almost showing it a little bit of gratitude for the help and the guidance and the safety it gives us Mm. can free us in many ways. Because I think when we fight against it too much and it's almost like a battle between us and the imposter syndrome, Mm. then it all becomes quite heavy and difficult. Whereas as soon as we can say, thank you for being there, I'm giving you love, but I'm also going to help guide you away from me, away from my mind 
like yeah. away from my body because I don't always need you you know you don't always need to be there so I'm such a believer in almost talking to parts of our body um, yeah. and you can almost talk to that that feeling that feeling of imposter syndrome and and give it that love and appreciation but then give it that space to move away yeah definitely I mean and when I work with with the little people we we create a character we call this our unwelcomed visitor but to be fair it's as I've done this with staff training sessions as well it's as power because inside all of us is a little five or six year old that that needs his love that that's scared you know that's when that imposter comes out and I think creating almost personify this feeling you know give it a name give it a voice I know somebody else who really speaks a lot about this is Tara Moore in one of her books called Playing Big where she has some brilliant exercises to take you through in terms of personifying this negative chatter because that's all it is it's just chatter and it's just a thought you know we can think these thoughts we can feel these feelings but we're not necessarily that thought or that feeling and that's sometimes what what I find when we can almost talk back to it as if it's something external if we create it into this personification it's 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 over there there's a little bit of space and we're then able to look at it with a greater sense of perspective versus being so caught up in the cyclone of it absolutely I completely agree and how do you think that imposter syndrome can affect our health and our wellness and our mind body and face you know because as you know I I talk a lot about the face and giving the face the love and the respect and the gratitude that it deserves. But I know that that feeling of not feeling good enough, that inner chatter can affect all that. What has been Mm. your experience personally and professionally of that? Oh, yeah, I mean, definitely. I mean, I'm definitely, I still have my my days. And I guess it also depends what time of the month it is. Because I think that's yeah. also really important to remember is that there are times of the month where I can definitely notice I'm more self-critical or I might think, oh, I couldn't possibly put myself forward for that, you know, that post or whatever it is that I want to do. And then I have to check myself and think, actually, where are you in your cycle? So being aware of that, because... But in going back like that, I have definitely been times when I have been caught up in that cyclone. I mean, it can lead to, personally for me, it's led to burnout because I feel I'm not doing enough. So I'm doing even more and more and more and more. And I'd say that that probably is one of the common things that does happen to me. And equally as well, my anxiety as well. Like I definitely think I'm more anxious it all, everything's linked. And I mean, you know, this, everything is linked. So that then influences how I feel. And it's really, I mean, even you can even do this with kids, but when you get caught up in that chatter, just think to yourself, how does it feel in your body? Is it a heavy feeling or is it a light feeling? And chances are, it's probably quite heavy. It's quite draining. And then you don't feel, I mean, for me, I don't feel like moving my body. I don't feel like putting myself out there. It makes me even kind of smaller over the years, I've become better at recognizing it very much as a practice as well. I think it's very much, it's not, oh, one day we're going to feel, get caught up in it and the next day we'll be fine. I think it's definitely an ongoing practice of learning to be compassionate with yourself. And it sounds so simple, but it's really hard to do. And that is to talk to yourself like you would with somebody you love. And so now when I do catch myself going down that spiral, and I did it this morning because I was feeling quite anxious about a few things I had to do today. And I was like, you know what, now 
going to be fine. You've got this. Remember, you've planned a lot. Like that was literally my dialogue as I was getting ready to this morning, you know, um, because because that would be what I would tell, you know, one of my best friends. It impacts all areas of our lives when we can get caught up that. And I see that with, with, with children and with clients as well, how quickly it can hold us back. It, it also, you know, it, it is released to, I mean, if we look at the bigger cycle of things, you're not looking after your body or perhaps you're reaching for those snacks that, you know, aren't as nutritious as what, you know, because it's all that comfort eating can kind of come from that as well. I'm not saying that's in every case, but just, you know, basically touching on personal aspects that have happened with me as well when I'm not in a good mental space and just the complete ripple effect that can have if I choose to believe those negative thoughts that I'm telling myself. So true. And is there any wellness rituals or routines which you use throughout your day to help you just feel better in mind and body, but also to help with any feelings of imposter syndrome or not feeling good enough or anxiety? Mm, yeah, no, well, there's loads. I mean, like I said, it's ongoing. It's ongoing. I think, first of all, recognize and the most powerful thing you need, like that I say to to clients is you have to recognize when it shows up. So through the activity of even personifying it or recognizing what situations triggers my imposter, where am I, who am I with, what is it, what are the typical thoughts I think? Because we tend to also tell the same stories. So so you know, we think 50 to 60,000 thoughts a day, or we think it might be even 80,000 thoughts a day. But a lot of those thoughts are on repetition. That self-doubt, that worry, that negative thinking almost becomes like a, an ingrained habit. It's a loop. And we're not always aware of that. But a lot of those stories tend to be the same thing, those, those negative stories. So beginning to recognize and notice them. If I'm really find myself getting caught up in a negative story of, and I mean, for me, the story is always like, well, people are going to find out. I don't know what I'm talking about. I still, you know, that's still something I have, or people are going to think this is the waste of their time. But then using a set of questions, which I love, and this was actually inspired, I think, by the work of Byron Katie and Dr. Amen shares a lot about this on his podcast as well, where taking that thought and then asking the question, is this thought I'm thinking really 100% true? So this thought that I'm thinking that others will think I'm boring if I, when I deliver my presentation, is this really 100% true? And chances are, no, it's not, because I don't know what people are thinking. I can't make that assumption. How do I feel when I have this thought is the second question. And who would I be if I didn't have this thought is the third question. And I love those two because it really helps me to kind of be like, well, right now I'm feeling pretty miserable. And actually, if I didn't have this thought, I mean, the word that often comes to mind is I'll just feel free. I'll feel confident. I'd be at ease. And then the fourth question is, you know, what would I say to somebody I love? And then finally, what can I start to tell myself instead? And it very much is a practice. It's very much, I mean, in the beginning, I would actually write it out. I found for me the act of writing out those really difficult thoughts and the right, seeing the answers on paper really helped me. Um, but equally now, I mean, I sometimes just use it on the spot and I'm like, right, Nat, is this 100% true? And I go through the list of questions. And then as well, I think for me, what also really helps is movement. Exercise is really important. 
things. And I definitely know the impact it has on the days that I don't exercise or don't move my body versus the days that I do. And I mean, everybody is different, but for me, it's really important that I start my day off with movement. So I do enjoy going to the gym. I enjoy going for a run, but, but equally then there are some days when my body just says no, but just even then getting out of the house and going for a walk, the impact that that has. And I've learned long ago that if I don't do that, then that really doesn't help me in terms of navigating those thoughts and that, that internal chatter, you know, and and I mean, yes, you know, meditation, I enjoy meditation or mindfulness. I'm not the best at sitting for long periods of time, but I try at least Monday to Friday to get five or 10 minutes in. And I think that that's really also important as well, which I really, I did struggle a lot with it when I first started a few years ago. And again, I'm not perfect. There are some weeks that go by that I don't use it. And sometimes if I'm on holiday, I kind of think, oh, I don't need to do it. But actually, that's probably when I need to do it even more to kind of build that sense like that, that tank for when I come back to work. Yeah, but I think one of the big things is is the self-talk for me. That's a big, big thing. Definitely. I think they're all wonderful tips and all very actionable for everybody. And I know that you share loads of these actionable tips on your Instagram and lots of other places as well. Would you be able to let everybody know, Natalie, where they can follow you, where they can find out more information about you? Yeah, sure. So on Instagram, I'm at PowerThoughtsNC, so N for Natalie, C for Costa. My website as well, PowerThoughts.co.uk. I mean, those are the two main places. I'm active on LinkedIn and Facebook, but Instagram is where I'm normally hanging out. So (laughs) I've made friends with that the most. (laughs) (laughs) Natalie, thank you so much. You have been a wonderful guest and I know that you would have helped a lot of people through all of your wisdom and advice today. Thank you. No, thank you. It's been a real pleasure to chat with you. So thank you for having me. So I hope you've enjoyed this episode. If you'd like more information on face yoga or you'd like to become a face yoga teacher, just head to our website, faceyogaexpert.com for more information. If you'd like to do a regular structured daily face yoga program to get the best results, you can either use one of my apps, just search Danielle Collins on your app store, or you can use my book, just search Danielle Collins Face Yoga on Amazon. And thank you for joining me today. And I look forward to seeing you again next time.